everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 188 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So I'm really excited to be chatting with you guys today because we have something that's a simple topic to discuss, and it's actually one of the most requested topics on the show. And so what's interesting to me is that uh, so many people are dealing with so many plateaus. It just seems to be this common thing. And so I almost think that it could be partially the way that we look at it. And we'll get into that. We'll look at how we could better look at plateaus and and look at approaching them. Um, But also, if you are watching on video, I will just, I'll address it. I know you're sitting there and you're, you're asking yourself, is it obnoxious? that Josh is wearing his brand new I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show imposed Will Rash Guard while he's doing a podcast. And I would love to tell you that I'm about to teach class and that's why I'm wearing it. Or, um, you know, I just got done teaching class or I just got done training and I'm recording an episode because I'm so dedicated to the show. Uh, But the truth is, I've just never had anything that says I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show on it. Um, any piece of clothing. So I just, I don't know. I threw on the rash guard. I thought it looked cool. I'm excited about it. And there's a two-week pre-sale going on right now. We're like four days into it. If you're listening to this episode, when it first comes out, when it first drops, which you always should be listening to the I Second Jiu-Jitsu show when they first drop, right? Because nothing I say is timeless. Everything is very current. Anyway, you're asking yourself, is it obnoxious that Josh is wearing this rash guard right now? And to to me, no, it is not obnoxious. It's obnoxious that I'm wearing the shorts too, even though that my legs are not on camera at any angle that I have. Um, But yeah, that's uh, it's just because I'm excited. Don't forget, imposedwill.com. I'll make sure to link it in the description. Uh, The only way that you can pre-order, because we're only doing a pre-order, we're doing a limited edition sale of these rash guards uh they are man they're going to be one of a kind they're going to be a collector's item one day obviously you should go to imposedwill.com within the next 10 days and order your no geese sets we have black and green that i am sporting right now and we have gold and purple that if i do a cut scene that i'll probably end up sporting then and you guys will see it. Of course, you can watch the video of the podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And that is pretty much all I have for you guys before we dig into uh, just overcoming plateaus, defining plateaus, and as always, sucking less at jiu-jitsu. Let's get into the episode, guys. So I thought a good place to start, as as always we do on the show when we are um, kind of tackling any specific topic, we always define that topic first. What is a jiu-jitsu plateau? What does it look like? And we are going to make sure that we go super broad on our definition because for white belts listening to a, this episode, they're thinking, okay, a jiu-jitsu plateau, that is when I stop being able to understand the technique that the coach is showing, or I stop being able to execute any new techniques in jujitsu. And different plateaus are going to have different answers. So we're just going to kind of focus on the process of answering plateaus. But first, let's define some of them. And I'm sure that there are other ones that people could say, 
yeah, this is a plateau that I've been struggling with. Um, but for me specifically, here's some simple ones that I have dealt with that I've seen my students deal with. Uh, of course, we have the jiu-jitsu technique plateau, meaning you are not able to execute new things. Or even worse, you start to feel as if you're getting worse. Uh, you are losing more rounds. You're not doing as well. Um, and that, that could have a simple answer and we'll get into those things. But the big thing, uh, the big thing I wanted to make sure to discuss is that a plateau is not just that. Sometimes your coach has plateaus, not just in their jujitsu technique. Sometimes they have plateaus as a coach. They feel like they're struggling to offer anything new. Or, man, the last three, four, or five times I've shown these positions, I've shown the exact same things. And you start, as a coach, you start feeling this pressure of, am I changing enough? Am I adapting enough? Am I growing enough? And you get into this, you notice a plateau in your coaching. Maybe you're a competitor. You stop winning. You just stop performing the way you think you should. Uh, there are so many different reasons, but all a plateau is, is you're flatlined. Nothing is happening. You know, there is no more, you know, progression for you, especially like when you first start, as hard as it is to get good, it's very easy to start learning because there's so much that you don't know. You don't know the name of any position. You don't know what they look like. You don't know what they feel like. You start to do those things and you are learning jujitsu. Well, eventually, you are going to go down the checklist of things that people say, these are the things you need to know before you even start really training or before you even start really understanding. And you go down that checklist and then it ends. And then there are no more essential things that you absolutely have to know. A lot of the time you are the artist and you are having to create your own type of jujitsu. And so a lot of times that's our first experience with a plateau. It's like that anywhere from six months to two years. Usually six months to two years is when you start to notice. You start to say, wow, I'm, I'm getting a little better. But here's the problem is usually that is when you start to go, oh, wow, I'm getting a little better. I'm finally understanding the names of all these positions. I'm finally understanding some general ideas of the fights that I'm supposed to be trying to win. And then that's just like lesson one. And then when you flip the page to lesson two, everything is in a different language and it's upside down and you don't understand what it is. Everything is so different in jujitsu in that second phase, in that six month to two year phase. And this is, I think, one of the most common plateaus. I think it makes the most sense to people. And we will look at handling that first. Um... But before we get into actually dealing with plateaus, let's look at why they're bad. Uh, because plateaus are not something you want to be experiencing. Uh, they're not something that are helpful for your jujitsu. You can make them helpful. You can make any situation helpful to you, right? Uh, with the right mindset and the right focus, the right consistency. Um, but they are not helpful to you mainly because usually they are filled with self-doubt. When you're thinking about a jiu-jitsu plateau, seldom is it your coach that is bringing it up to you. Seldom does your coach say, hey, I'm noticing you're not getting any better. 
you need to do something different. You need to, you know, you've been here, but you're not getting better. You need to do something different. Usually, it's your own self-assessment. Usually, plateaus are how you are feeling. And so you first have to always address like, hey, is this just in my mind? I think um, there was a really great, I, I reference him all the time. I reference seminars from him all the time. But Sean Williams had a really great thought on this. And he was talking about you're hitting a plateau. Are you actually getting worse? You feel like you're getting worse. And he says, I've been on the mat for however long he had been on the mat, an extremely long amount of time. He's been a coach for a very long time. He's coached thousands of people. And he said, I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually get worse. And um, that's a really interesting thing when it comes to jujitsu. And there, there's this thought process, I think, I want to give credit to where it's due. I want to say it was Chris Mitakis that uh, um, that that this was from one of his books. I, I don't remember. I've quoted this so many times I couldn't tell you where it actually came from. Um, but it's like these four phases of jujitsu learning. But it's really as I've learned other things that aren't just jujitsu. It's kind of the four phases of all learning. Um, or maybe the four levels of all learning, because you could easily not hit some of these phases, right? Or these levels. Uh, but anyway, when we start jujitsu, and this will make a lot of sense to people who are starting right now, you are what you would call unconsciously bad, meaning you are terrible and you don't even know it. Not only do you not know it, you don't know how to fix it. You don't know why you're terrible, but that's where everyone starts in jiu-jitsu. And then somewhere in that six month to two year range, you know, maybe it's sooner for some people. Some people train a lot when they first start and it's in that two month range. But then you go from unconsciously bad to consciously bad. You start to realize how bad you suck. And again, we're talking about life on the mat right now, but this is with coaching. Everyone that like is a purple belt or a brown belt is so sure that they are a phenomenal coach. But a lot of the time, and don't get me wrong, I have been around amazing purple and brown belt coaches. Don't think that you can't be a great coach. I was a really good coach when I was a purple belt. I was not a great coach when I was a purple belt, but I was, I was pretty good. Um, and that, that is possible. But I think most purple and brown belts, they've seen jujitsu from their coach's perspective for so long that they kind of have a pretty firm grasp on that perspective. And they think that that is all that jujitsu is. And they assume, because they understand what their coach understands now, and their coach is you know, smart or whatever, your coach is a black belt, it starts to create this mindset of like, okay, I can see the little holes that my coach has. And if I just were to fill those little holes, then I would be the greatest coach ever because my coach is a great coach. But it just doesn't work like that. Um, when you're trying to learn, when you're trying to learn to be a teacher, you're going to probably start as a white belt just like everybody else does. Um, like I said, some people naturally do have better communication skills, of course. Um, and some people just understand jujitsu more deeply. And so it's easier for them to teach. Uh, but the big thing with, when it comes to like, when it comes to, are you going to be a good coach or not? A lot of it has to do with just how much you coach, 
how many different people you actually have conversations, you actually guide to get better at specific things. And then you can see, okay, this way helped these people get better. Um, but then I tweaked it a little bit and the, this group of people seem to get better faster and you're able to tweak it and get better and better and better. But you almost just need a lot of experience when it comes to coaching school ownership, same exact way you start out, you could put me now in a completely different area in the learning curve to get to where I'm at in the, or the amount of time to get to where I'm at now in my gym would be so much shorter. One, I would choose the place differently, you know, if I was allowed to, um, because then I could say, okay, these were the things I was missing. Just like I'm explaining with, you know, how coaches, how purple belts feel with their coaches and you could leave me there and I could already have learned those lessons, dealt with those plateaus and it would be a lot faster for me. It wouldn't be easy, of course, but it would be a lot faster than it took me the first time, right? Because I had that experience and I've gotten to do so many reps of learning how to sign up people, learning how to get people in, learning how to keep people and, um, and just learning how to deal with different things, learning how to deal with different situations. But anyway, um, oh shoot, where was I going with this? Uh, something about about jujitsu. Where am I at in my notes? Oh yeah. Um, we were just talking about all the different places that you can have, um, plateaus, but the biggest thing is they really can demotivate you. They really can cause so much self doubt and you can be, you, you like, you can almost gain assured self doubt. Like I am 100% sure that I suck at this and I will never be good at this. Oh, that's where I was at. I was getting far into the, uh, the four le levels of learning jujitsu. I would people would have been mad if I would have forgotten those. Anyway, you go from unconsciously bad to consciously bad. This is when most people quit because they realize how bad they suck. And this is when most people quit as school owners. This is when most people quit as coaches. This is where most people quit as jujitsu brands, as jujitsu photographers, as jujitsu writers, as anything in the jujitsu space. Probably anywhere. Um, but I noticed that these phases kind of, they kind of, um, they're the same if you're doing jujitsu, whether, wherever you're putting your jujitsu effort in, even if it is not directly on the mats. Right. Um, but then if you stay in it, what can happen is you can become consciously good. So remember we're unconsciously bad. Now we're consciously bad. And now finally we are consciously good. We are good. If we are putting our mind in the right spot, we are good. And we are aware of it. Now we can say, yeah, I can show you this knee cut because I was, I used to be unconscious. I used to be consciously bad. I realized how bad I sucked. And then I fixed that problem. And then I became consciously good at the knee cut. And I found that my shin being here and my hand being here and my head being here, they've kind of helped me finish knee cuts. Well, then if you stay in that knee cut long enough, if you get enough reps in that knee cut, if you're fortunate enough to have the right coach help you with the knee cut, if you bought Josh McKinney's uh, knee cut roadmap from bjjfanatics.com, uh, link in the description. I need to put a note because I would not remember to put a link in the description of that. But regardless, if those things happen, you could maybe, possibly, hopefully, 
become unconsciously good. And you know what I'm talking about. You and I, we're on the same page here. We have rolled with people that are unconsciously good. They are so good and they don't even think about it. They, a lot of times I say, hey, how did you do that knee cut? And they explain it and they are so unconscious in their movement. A lot of times they don't even explain it well. I'm just like mind blown because they don't even have to think about it. Their, their mind and their body are one, right? And we're talking about a role, but there are jujitsu content creators that are unconsciously good. There are jujitsu writers, jujitsu photographers, jujitsu anything, jujitsu clothing brands that are unconsciously good. Look at Show Your Roll. Show Your Roll, the, the group at Show Your Roll doesn't have to think about how good they are, right? And how big they've become. So when we are looking at these plateaus in our life, it is very important to remember that it's, it's self-imposed. We are saying we are not getting better. You know, of course, if you're in a business or something like that, sometimes you have numbers that say that you are actually plateaued. But a lot of times on the mat, it can be frustrating because other people are getting better. Maybe other people are staying in it more than you. And that's kind of the next point of this is how important the consistency is when it comes to, of course, progression in general, but when it comes to dealing with plateaus. If you are experiencing a plateau in any point in your life, anywhere in your life where hard work matters, Ask yourself first before you go, you buy any instructionals, before you listen to any other podcast, anything else. Ask yourself this really simple question. Am I being consistent? Not am I working hard. Anyone can work hard. Anyone can sprint. But can you do it every single day? That is going to be the simplest answer. Sometimes there's a reason you're not being consistent and it's not fixable by, oh, just go to class more. Sometimes your job doesn't let you, your family doesn't let you, whatever, just doesn't allow you to be as consistent. But a lot of times that's still going to be your answer is if you're not getting as good as quickly as you would like to be, it is that consistency. And just know that everybody has phases of life. Everybody has seasons in their life. And so when you, when your family is, it demands too much of your time and you go, well, I just can't, I can't make it three days a week. And I only feel like I'm getting better when I go three days a week. And I can only go once one week and then twice the next. And so I get three days every two weeks training half as much as I should be. And then you go, well, I'm just not going to go to those days because I can't get, I'm not getting good as fast as I would like to. That plateau will never end. You will get worse eventually as you fall out of shape. But if you, we talk about consistency, we talk about habits almost as if they are a muscle that you need to be flexing or probably a better way is um, it's a practice that you need 
to be practicing all the time, right? If you fall out of consistency, guess what? You're not going to get better. And then when you actually have those three days a week again to finally start training, your kids are in school or whatever change has happened in your life, your, you know, your wife left you because you quit jujitsu. Um, and so now you have all this free time to train jujitsu again. And then you're going to train jujitsu consistently and win her back, of course. Man, I didn't know this was going to be such a big love story. I didn't know that's what this episode was going to be about. Um, <laughs> that was so dumb. <laughs> um, anyway, if you're, uh, you know, if you finally get that time to train again and you haven't been hitting it consistently, one, automatically you're going to be frustrated with yourself because you're going to say, wow, I could have at least been three years better at jiu-jitsu training three times every two weeks, but I'm not. Now I'm almost starting it over again. And a lot of times for people, um, once you quit jujitsu once, it tends to be over. It tends to not come back. And, and this is, of course, just a, that's a very blanket statement, but I've just seen very few people come back and make it to black belt, which tends to be the goal after quitting. I have seen some though. I'm actually interviewing one in three weeks, or he's, the episode's going to drop in three weeks, Justin Kitchler. Um, it might be four weeks. I might have lied to you guys. I don't know. Soon, I'm going to be dropping an episode with Justin Kitchler, one of my longest jiu-jitsu friends. I, I, basically, I think my longest jiu-jitsu friend. Um, and uh, one of my new black belts. And he did fall out of jiu-jitsu and come back. But I know so, other, I know so few people that have, actually done that. Um, but anyway, let's go ahead. Is there anything else I wanted to say about consistency? Um, I guess just finishing that thought, just making sure that whatever you can put in, you're putting in. Like I said, you can't always control that there are kids actually referencing that Justin in my interview. We were the kids that got to well, got to or just did skip school and go to jiu-jitsu and then train at night too. We were training like two or three times a day. Are you going to be able to have that consistency? No, probably not. Those kids are probably going to get better at jiu-jitsu than you faster than you are. Guess what? It's about self-progression though, so it doesn't matter. I know those kids are annoying, but just know one day they're going to be old and at the end of adult black belt and beat to death. And you're going to probably be old too, but at least know that they're going to suffer too. At least know we all, we all deal with, with suffering at some point in the jujitsu space. Anyway, um, yeah, just making sure that you're consistent is going to always be step one. Then I have some more specific strategies and some more specific ideas that we will get into after the commercial break. And you guys are never going to guess what this next commercial is going to be about. What is up, guys? Josh McKinney here. 
and and Adam Meredith and Adam Meredith. And we're here on the Home Shopping Network to tell you about this really exciting thing that we have going on right now. And that is the Imposed Will I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show No Gi collaboration. This collaboration is the collaboration that everybody's been waiting for, Josh. They've been talking about it for years, you know? Even before they started talking about it before we were born, I heard. <laughs> that's that's what, that's what I heard as well. Yeah, that's pretty excessive. That's the maybe, word on the street. Maybe they didn't do that. Um, but me and Adam were just kind of placing our bets right now because this collaboration, this Nogi collab has two different color options. And honestly, if we're being totally honest, everyone's just going to get both, just going to get both shorts, both rash guards so they can have the full I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show set. But there are going to be some people that just choose one, right? Right. And so the question is, you really think that people are going to go with the purple and gold? Well, the real question is how much regret are they going to feel? For when they only go with one. Um, which one that they will go with, I think it will be the purple and gold, Josh. I'm leaning, I just, I knowing my listener, I'm just guessing more people will go black and green. I, you will catch me in the purple and gold next time I'm competing Nogi. You know, there's no doubt. Unless, of course, it's an IBJJF, then I'm, you know, then I, I'm probably out of luck on your that hands, one. Your hands are tied. I yeah, I don't think I can do the black and, or the purple and gold for, uh, for an IBJJF. I don't think they would be down for that. They should. We need, we need to make some real changes in IBJJF. This is, this is where we're starting right now with this commercial. IBJJF, we need to allow better colorways. It's just not, it's not representative enough. It's not self Maybe you identify as a purple belt. And you want to wear the sick purple and gold uh, when you're competing in adult black belt division. Adam, you got political on me, man. Okay, guys, the link for these, this new set, we're only doing a two-week pre-sale. Are we doing a two-week pre-sale? Two-week pre-sale. You got to act fast. A two-week pre-sale. You have to act fast. The link is in your description. If you're watching on video, I'm sure it is also on your screen. It, it should be. That was it. That was perfect. <laughs> Hey everybody, we are back. So weird, I had to teach a class during the commercial break. Normally I don't do that. My schedule's a little off because of the Mission 111 telethon that we did this weekend, this Sunday. It went really well, it was really fun, raised a, a bunch of money for Mission 111. And uh, thank you for anybody, thank you to anyone who watched that or participated in that uh, in any way, I really appreciate it. So, where was I? Oh, yeah, we were talking about overcoming jujitsu plateaus, and we had just discussed the importance of consistency. And um, honestly, consistency is still going to be the most important thing. Um, I just, even, even in, on the mats, even off the mats, anything we are doing, if you're having a problem in it, if you're trying to get better in it, and you're having a problem, consistency always needs to be your go-to question because you don't know if there's a problem with the system unless you're being consistent with that system. You can't say, oh, I can't work out three days a week. Um, it's too hard on my body. I can't recover. And then you go, okay, well, how many, how long have you consistently done this? And then you go, well, I haven't. 
I mean, I, I just, I did it three days and then I noticed that I was really sore and I was like, there's no way that I can lift three days next week. Well, unless you have consistently done it, you don't know that you can't lift three days a week, right? Um, I don't lift three days a week. I actually can't lift, lift three days a week. I have done it and we'll get to what happens if, if it's not consistency, uh, right now. So, um, I just kind of, how many points are there? Oh, wow. There's only three points that I have for you guys. I'm sure that there will be a thousand sub points as there often are, but, uh, we'll just look at some simple things to do if you are in the middle of whatever plateau you are in and, um, consistency hasn't been the answer. Uh, cause you can, you can just, just be wrong with, maybe your first intentions, if you, I guess if you come into a jujitsu class and you have some goal or something that comes to mind, or maybe that gets given to you and you hold on to that goal and you're like, yeah, this is where I need to go. This is what I need to be doing. But you never ask yourself like, do I care to do this? Is this what I want to do? You know, like there are people that probably compete that have a lot of talent, but it's not what they love to do. And they maybe don't even ask themselves because they can win. And they're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing this, I guess. Uh, but the truth is you, you really should look at what you actually want to do with jujitsu. And so uh, uh, sometimes, though, you think that you want to do something and you didn't want to do that at all. You think that, oh, okay, well... I want to win this big tournament or I want to win a specific tournament because somebody my first few weeks of jujitsu, he was training for that and he said it would be cool to win this tournament or you're you're the man if you win this tournament and it's just always stuck with me and that's why I want to do this. And so um, sometimes you can kind of just refocus and reframe and I think that when consistency isn't the answer, you start to look at, okay, what is what is the system and where do you always start when you look at what your system of training is, what whatever system of consistency you have developed? You look at the end, right? You say, okay, what was my goal again? Why am I doing this again? Because for jujitsu, a lot of times it changes. A lot of times you come in to lose 20 pounds and you lose 20 pounds and you maybe post about how much you love jujitsu on Facebook and how it helped you lose 20 pounds and you're excited and people are excited for you, your training partners and your coach is excited for you too. And it starts to become your identity. And then jujitsu stops being this awesome, fun thing that helped you lose 20 pounds and is now going to help you keep them off. And it starts to become a job because well, you're a blue belt now and you need to get to purple belt and it you start to get some pressure from jujitsu, which isn't ever, you know, it's not always a bad thing to, to kind of feel that pressure and, and to uh, use it to motivate you and use it to push your goals. But it is if you haven't asked yourself in a long time, why am I doing this? A lot of times, most people are in your car, you're asking yourself this question and the best answer you can come up with is probably the best answer. And that is because it's fun, because I love it, because I enjoy it, because it's, it's something that if I don't do, 
I'm not as fun of a person. I don't, I don't like who I am as much without doing jujitsu. You know, but if that's the case, if that's the real goal for you doing jujitsu, make sure that you remember, okay, that is why I'm here. I know I'm, my whole show is based on learning jujitsu and it's based on how, how to learn better and learn faster and all those things. But I really think if you don't have fun, if you don't enjoy or you don't have reason to be in the gym, I really don't think that you're going to progress as much as someone that does, as someone that is enjoying themselves. The reason I think about that or think of, think of it that way is because... Um, Everybody that I teach, the people that smile the most, the people that are the most excited to be there tend to be the most consistent people. And as I say, consistency is what matters. And so even if you are making yourself come there and you are going through the motions, uh, but you still are in this plateau, maybe it is just you need to remind yourself, oh yeah, I am here because I love it. Or I'm here to lose weight. And I've also been slacking on my diet. And when I'm slacking on my diet, I'm also kind of slacking on my training too. You I'm not really focused. And so you start with the end and then you start to break down into small bits. Okay, well, how do I get to the end? And that is after one small bit, you should have overcome your plateau, right? You should have rose a little bit. Most often when somebody that is being consistent in the gym, when they come up to me and they say, I suck, I'm struggling here. The first thing is always, hey, you haven't been here enough or you haven't been consistent. That's always my first thing. After that, maybe they have been consistent. I have seen people be consistent and not get better on the mat. And so if that is happening, then the next thing I'll do is I'll say, hey, what have you been focused on? And a lot of times they look at me with their mouth open and they're like, what do you mean? Like uh, you've, you, you teach us stuff in class. Yes, but what have you been focused on? You know, you, if I give everybody the same focus every single month and we're all focused on the same thing, yes, it can help us. Uh, maybe in our drilling, it can help us in our designated winner. Of course, it can help us grow together because we're all focused on that. But if we're all, all working that in our live training, it's not going to be very helpful. If we're all working that same thing, the best guys are going to hit it a bunch, the people that aren't good at it, because everyone's focused on it, everyone's paying attention. People that aren't good at it aren't going to get reps doing it. That doesn't make sense. You should be picking your own focus as, you know, as a graph. Unless you have a coach that does specifically, uh, specifically assign you things, um, you should kind of be having a focus all the time. Uh, refer back to episode 92, the last time we talked about the end goal method in detail. Uh, it's called The Simplest Way to Progress at Jiu-Jitsu. Again, because I did that episode two different times. Um, but uh, I just look kind of... Okay, I'll give you guys a, a personal anecdote um, today, right? Uh, just something that I've been dealing with. Because I honestly, when it comes to this stuff, the reason that I tell you guys about consistency so much is because I know how important it is for me. 
And so I also assume it's important for other jujitsu people too. Um, but kind of on this idea, there was this time, there was this period of my life that I really, I was competing at black belt, but I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. I was kind of just competing. I was kind of just going through the motions and showing up in competing and it was still fun and I was still learning things. But there was not a point that I was really asking myself, okay, what am I actually going to try to accomplish here? What do I actually care about here? And when I finally did do that, and those conversations with yourself are kind of hard to have sometimes. Sometimes you have to actually look inward and say, oh, this is what I actually want. That's not what my actions have been saying. You know, I've, I've not been paying attention. I've not been caring about this in the way that I, I believe, or I think that I care about it. You know, my actions haven't been showing that. But anyway, after I kind of did that with myself with competing specifically, it kind of, it gave me some perspective and it kind of reminded me why I have certain goals and just refocused me on them. And that turned into a bunch of different things. It turned into changing how I train. It turned into changing how I rest. It turned into changing my weight class. It turned into all of these little things that also took an insane amount of consistency. I'm making weight for middle right now. I'm three, four days from competing. Um, I'm on weight, but it's still miserable. It's still no fun to do, but it comes from that goal, right? Those little things, it was, you know, you make that goal and then you look and you say, okay, well, maybe I'm just not healthy enough. Maybe I need to be leaner. Maybe I need to struggle less with injuries. Maybe that means I need to be more flexible. Everything got broken down and still is because obviously I'm not there yet. I would be telling you guys what that goal was and how I accomplished it. But everything was broken down. And it was broken down into small parts. And then you're also going to struggle with what actually matters. Because we do three, four, five different things in practice. Which ones of these things matter? Which ones of the, these things deserve my time and my focus? And I really think, of course, everyone's going to have different opinions uh, of what that is. And so I really think just going out and trying is going to be important. But that kind of brings me to the next thought. Um, so the first thought was refocus on, and these are strategies for overcoming plateaus. Um, the first thought was refocus. You look at your end goal and you then break it down into small parts. How could I get there? It's on the map. What direction do I need to go in order to get there? And again, I always steal this one from Chewy. I, I don't know if he, I don't think he actually made this quote. I assume he didn't, but it could be. It seems like a Chewy quote. Um, but he says, um, like, how do you eat an elephant? A bite at a time. And that's how you look at your big goal, right? So often people get so analytical about the training that they're doing and keep in mind i'm the training method guy but i just see so many people like 
especially when you look at uh, especially when you look at strength and conditioning, people will just try anything with strength and conditioning. And there doesn't have to be any science to back it up or any true understanding of what's happening. They will just say, well, this looks interesting. I'm going to try this. And how long do they usually try it for? Like four weeks, five weeks, and then they stop, right? They don't keep that consistency. So maybe these things could be working too. Maybe they could be the best thing for you, but you don't get to find out because you don't stay in them long enough. Then what happens after those four weeks is you go, well, I heard about this other strength and conditioning program. And then you do that and you do it for four weeks and then you go to the next thing. And when you do this, these are the same people that do jujitsu this way. And they're focused on scissor sweep for a week. And then they're focused on cross collar choke. Okay. Those things can kind of go together, but don't forget about the scissor sweep. Oh, now we're doing bear and bolo. Okay, now we're focused on now we're focused on the mount. Okay, now we're focused on and you just bounce around all the time, or you just never have a real focus. Um, but sometimes you do that too. You're consistent and you have an end goal, but you just don't actually know how to get there. That's where inspiration comes in, and. When I, I always like to use the word inspiration for this because there are so many ways to get inspiration in jujitsu. It's something that we all experience all the time, but we don't usually throw a word on it. And to me, like when we are watching YouTube videos and they make you smile because you love jujitsu, and then they affect you in a way that you're going to think a little differently in class, or you're going to try a new technique in class, or you're going to make even a big change, you know, with your jujitsu because of these, to me, that is inspiration. And you should be looking for inspiration all the time, not in a sense that you should always be jumping to the next thing, but you should always be looking for inspiration because it really will help you redefine over and over what that end goal actually is. Because maybe, for instance, people will always look at end goal money and I want to be a millionaire. And that's what they say. And they really care about being a millionaire. They really care about that title of a million dollars. But then what happens as they, you know, as they work and they get to that million dollars, they forgot that they needed to know how to spend it or they forgot why they were even doing it. Maybe they were just doing it so they could call themselves a millionaire. And not that there's, not that there's anything wrong with that, like Seinfeld would say, but it does not mean that when you are going to get there and you make that million dollars, you are going to be fulfilled. But for some people on their route through their struggle to make that million dollars, they start to become a different person. They start to get to hang out with people that make millions of dollars. Those people are doing things different than the people, the class that this person is hoping to leave or, or yeah, this class that they're hoping to leave. 
their new friends think about money this way. And what does it do? It inspires this person to start to think about money that way too and to develop the habits that you need in order to get to a million dollars. And maybe he gets really lucky and he gets around people that make millions of dollars but also have the foresight to think about why they care about making millions of dollars. And they know how to make their lives easier with that money. And now this guy gets to do that too. Jiu-jitsu knowledge is the same thing. You start out and you're a white belt and you have this goal of black belt. Why? Because there's a black belt on the mat. So I guess that's my goal. And then as you struggle and as you deal with and if you overcome, as you break down black belt into these small parts, into each stripe, into each class that you do, into each blue belt that you submit, whatever that goal is, that checklist of things that needs to be accomplished before you get your black belt, you start to change. And then black belt isn't your only goal. You're like, I want to get my black belt because I want to coach jiu-jitsu one day. I want to Be great on the mat. I want to be the guy that people ask knowledge from on the mat. I love sharing that. I want to own a school one day. I want to teach private lessons. I want to do whatever. But that goal of black belt, it starts to kind of morph. And you start to realize like, oh, this is why I even have this goal. This is why I'm I'm focused on this thing. And as we always say, through this journey, you change. And so with inspiration, a lot of times your inspiration comes from the people that you hang around in general, you know, on the mats, off the mats. My students that get really good are the ones that I tend to see the most because they're always hanging around on the mats. Even when I'm not here, they're here. They're always looking for bits of knowledge. They're looking for bits of inspiration. Please, please, please just show me a little bit of something and I can change my game in that direction. I think that I think that all the time now as a black belt who you guys probably think of as somebody who's always sharing knowledge. For me, I'm sharing knowledge an hour a week, a couple hours a week with with teaching jujitsu classes. I'm absorbing knowledge so much more than that or getting inspired so much more than that because it's not always sitting down and listening to a TED Talk. Sometimes it is literally a sentence that somebody says and it clicks and it's something you keep thinking back to and you keep thinking back to and it keeps reshaping everything for you. And your training is going to be like that. When it comes to looking for inspiration, you are going to say, okay, what Jiu-jitsu works on me. What jiu-jitsu is this cool purple belt hitting? Because that can inspire you. And then what's cool too, and this is the last point. So the first point is refocus. The second point is find inspiration. And then the third point is find a mentor or coach or talk to the one you already have. So to me, I try to work these things out before I go to my coach. Because I like to be able to say, coach, 
here's where I'm at. Can you help me from here? Versus, coach, I want to be a world champion. Can you help me with that? Yeah, I can. But what? so what have you done to get there yourself? What are you doing to get there, right? And so when you're going to your mentors and going to your coaches, make sure, of course, you're consistent, you know what your focus is, and make sure that you have been finding inspiration. You have been trying to learn still. But sometimes you just need a guide. I noticed this with podcasting especially because with podcasting, there seems to be so much less free inspiration, like with running your own podcast. There seems to be so much less free information compared to how much free information there is on learning jujitsu. Um, and, you know, there aren't many, man, there aren't many I suck at jujitsu show caliber podcast to listen to about running a podcast. Uh, and so what that kind of does is it makes me have to find inspiration from other people and it makes me have to go, okay, what are my friends that are on YouTube doing? All right. They're doing these things and this is why they're doing it. I guess I could do it in this way for my podcast. But also there comes points that I just don't know. I just can't Google it. I just can't chat GPT it. It is just not working. I cannot find the inspiration. And then going to getting the opportunity, I did this, um, probably last time I did this was three or four months ago. Um, my dad had bought this coaching from, um, from a guy and he, he ran a pretty popular podcast. And I was like, dad, see if you can slide me in and be like, yeah, my son has a podcast. Maybe you could give him a little bit of coaching too for a discounted price. And this guy was actually super cool. And he was just like, you know what? He's like, I'll just, he's like, I'll give him an hour of coaching or something like that. He's like, I'll just give it to him. And it was to me who had just been pounding my head against the wall for certain things. This guy gave me like three pieces of gold. Um, I, I, I don't know. Should I, I, I just specifically, I remember one of them was, uh, I was really struggling. I had been trying to post podcast stuff on, um, social media all the time and be more consistent about doing that. I'm like, I'm really working hard to do this. And, um, this guy, and this is what a mentor provides is a mentor provides perspective. And the reason that it is, it is this way is if, this, if I take this guy's advice and it fails and it falls flat, this guy loses nothing, absolutely nothing. If one of my students takes advice about you know, an armbar defense for me and they go and break their arm at a tournament, I do lose a little bit. Let's say this, if, like, uh, if one of you guys watches my video on YouTube and, I, and that happens... I don't lose anything from that, right? So, um, and, and I'm saying it like a joking way, like this is a bad thing. It really isn't. A mentor that can uh, approach the situation from extreme confidence can be so helpful, especially if that mentor has done what you were trying to do. If that mentor has the amount of podcast listeners that I want to get to one day, it's gonna be very helpful for me. If... Um, I guess, I guess how I'm, 
what I'm trying to say is when we are, you know, when I was doing this, um, when I was doing this coaching, uh, the specific thing that he asked me was like, okay, where are you trying to get to on your podcast? I showed him. He's like, okay, how long have you been doing it? I showed him. He's like, all right, sweet. That's uh, he's like, yeah, you'll be able to get there and you'll probably be able to get there in this amount of time. And I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, well, what do you have questions about? And I was like, okay, I've been, I've been really trying to post on social media. And then I just had like a bunch of social media questions and he keeps answering them and answering them and answering them. And then he pauses and he goes, Josh, do you like social media? And I go, no, I absolutely hate it. I go, this is the worst part of doing this. He goes, but your podcast is growing without it, right? And I said, yeah. And he says, and you hate it. And you can't afford to hire somebody exclusively for it. And I said, yes, and I can't afford to hire somebody. And he goes, okay, I wouldn't do it. And I go, what do you mean you wouldn't do it? He's like, I would not do it. He said, because I also hate social media. He goes, and so I don't do any social media for my podcast. He goes, but my podcast was growing without it. So I just kept doing it that way. He's like, I like email. And I was like, dude, I like email too, which is why I always tell you guys, of course, you can follow me on Instagram, but I wouldn't message me. I'm probably not going to see it. I just don't check. And at this point, it's like the promotional part of my, my uh, um, Gmail. There are just so many messages from people that like, and a lot of them are just like people that thumbs up something or liked something, but it sends as a message. And so there's, it's just like a, a black hole at this point because I don't check Instagram because this guy gave me that advice. Anyway, um, just with that, with finding a mentor, it's, it can be so important. Okay. That was where I was going was when you were finding a mentor, they can look at your situation from a different perspective and say, this is, this is what somebody who was confident and not so worried about losing everything would do. And they can say, this is what I would do when I was in your shoes, or this is what I should have done when I was in your shoes. And so with jujitsu, with man, with anything, who was I, I was listening to something and they were talking about how, if you were if you were interested in somebody, if it was somebody that was some sort of athlete, and it wasn't just jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu is definitely this way, um, but if it was something that wasn't, you know, the NFL or basketball or something like that, um, or NBA or something like that, just something a little smaller of a sport, you can probably get a private lesson for an hour with this person over Zoom for like 100 to $250 an hour. And when you look at that you can have access to people in that way, it totally changes any time you hit a plateau on something. If I hit a plateau and I have a, a black belt in my town that is like this amazing coach or my coach is this amazing coach and I could spend $100 and just not deal with that plateau anymore and I just go, I don't have to do the research I don't have to solve this problem myself. I don't have to do all those other things. My mentor could do this for me or could tell me which way I need to go. And then of course I have to be consistent on, but they can give me that information. Some of the best 
money I've spent on podcasting so far without a doubt to me. And I had just dropped way too much money on Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu Studios 2.0. But some of the, no doubt, the best money that I've spent is the private coaching that I spent with uh, Chewy. I did, I want to say I did two packages of it um, when he was, they only come available every once in a while. But when they do, I always jump on him. And I jumped on him twice. And both times he would go through stuff. And one, he was always really encouraging. He would always be like, oh yeah, what you're doing is what you're supposed to be. Keep doing it. That's always helpful to just know like, oh, you are in the right direction. Even if you give me nothing else, just knowing that my consistency will probably pay off from your perspective, that's huge, right? But then those small tweaks, don't do it that way. Do it this way. Don't do it with, you know, just just these small tweaks. And you look at them from a, a jujitsu technique perspective. Sometimes they're simple things that your coach or your mentor says like, don't roll with that person anymore then. Roll with this person more. Roll this way. Do this, do that, just something simple. Think this way. A lot of times your mentors help you do these other things that we're talking about refocusing, finding inspiration. A lot of times your mentors help you stay consistent because then you're accountable to this person that you're saying, I don't want to disappoint this person. I want to work hard so this person this person can be excited for me too. And so when we are looking at when we're looking at um, plateaus and overcoming them, I really think that those are my three things that aren't consistency is you kind of refocus, which again is end goal, break it down into small parts. You find inspiration, which you could be doing all the time. That's why I'm always trying to find inspiration is because it keeps me from ever hitting plateaus. Not that I know what I want to do, what I want to be focused on next I know exactly what I want to be focused on now, but I don't have something specifically I'm going to be focused on next, but I know if a problem occurs and I can go, oh, wow, this is happening to me a lot, I know that I have so much inspiration already that I can go, wait, what did that guy do for this situation? What did this guy do? Oh, yeah, I'll just refer back to this because I've already been inspired by it. And so that is your inspiration. Again, if this is in your jiu-jitsu business something like that, find business inspiration. You know, that was really, I always reference Tim Ferriss stuff um, to you guys and how applicable it is for jujitsu. But I didn't read the four hour work week until I was focused on my jujitsu business. It was not until after I read it that I go, wow, this is really applicable to jujitsu. Um, so with your, you know, with your jujitsu businesses, you can find inspiration from completely non-martial arts, non-jujitsu related places and take those business principles and apply them to your business. Again, you can break them down. You say, oh, I'm having a marketing problem. Maybe I should find inspiration about marketing. Break it down even smaller. What about Facebook marketing? What about organic Facebook marketing? Break it down even smaller, right? And so uh, the way to do that, or, or that's why you need inspiration. And then, and this is probably its own separate thing. It is having a mentor or a coach. That is just so important to anything you want to do. 
and to me, like for, for a person that wants to do so many different things, I have so many mentors and so many coaches for so many different things. I talk to my jujitsu business or I talk about my jujitsu business to specific people. I talk about the podcast to specific people in, in a, a coach student way. Um, I talk about my jujitsu technique, my competition to different people. And um, yeah, you just kind of, you know, wherever you're trying to get to, you need a mentor to help you get there. And generally a mentor that has done it or that has helped other people do it is the best place to go. Of course, we don't always have access to that. And sometimes just a mentor that is learning with us is more than good enough. And being able to almost collaborate like the imposed will, I suck at jujitsu show, no gi collaboration, but almost collaborate where you can learn together, right? That literally is what we're doing with Impose Will and I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show is, and, and me too, um, just with like accepting a, a, a athlete sponsorship with them is they are, or I guess were, they're starting to get established now, I guess, but they were newer. Um, and it was more of a, not only could you guys benefit me, but I think I could benefit you. And then as we grow together, we will continue to benefit each other more. Um, but that is, you know, you can definitely have that type of relationship with a mentor or a coach. Um, but understand, it is going to be very hard to be your own coach. It really is. It is so valuable to have a coach there for you. Uh, and that is... Wait, what was this last note? Oh, well, that that's a really good note at the end, Josh. Good job. Um, so I guess the key is what I wrote on my notes is to try different things and find what works best for you, which is such a political I suck at jujitsu show answer. Um, with that being said, isn't it interesting that, you know, the king, the king politician king of uh, uh and you guys haven't experienced this enough yet um but the king of being really pg is now going to release some pg-13 interviews i'm i'm nervous about it i'm nervous how you guys maybe maybe this whole crew that i have nobody wants nobody wants to hear um about kyle watson and junior silva talking about kyle watson's pig um, in worse detail than ever before. Maybe no one wants to hear that. And so if, if that's the case, I'm in trouble. But I think, I assume, I assume that a lot more people have heard the Aisaka Jiu-Jitsu show than listen to the Aisaka Jiu-Jitsu show, right? And I'm okay with that. I always say with my Jiu-Jitsu business, I am not trying to get to a specific number or I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying to just add people every month. It's not what I care about. I say there are, you know, 300 people in my area that are going to be lifetime members to Head Not HQ. Those are who I'm looking for. That is who I care about, right? And with the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show, 
I don't think that we're going to be the podcast that every single human being listens to. I think there's a certain jujitsu person that really enjoys the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. And, um, you know, because I'm sure that there are a lot of times that I say stuff that I'm kind of embarrassed about or that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't even talk about this on the podcast. And you guys are all like, oh, yeah, me too, Josh. Me too. And that being said, I assume that most I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show listeners at this point have a similar sense of humor to me and um, know that I really think that this interview that Kyle and Junior that I've been telling you guys about for a while now or a week now, I really think that this interview, if it doesn't get me canceled, you guys are going to just think it's hilarious. Uh, I It's going to be one, of, one or the other, though. There's no way that it's anything in between thinking it's the funniest podcast or um, being deeply offended and writing hate mail to Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com, which I'm cool with. I get it. I get it. But you better not complain about the profanity and then write hate mail with profanity in it. And then you also better not write hate mail and not put any profanity in it. You know what I mean? Like, I thought you were serious about this hate. So I guess you can't email Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com with your hate mail. Um, but you could email me with any podcast topics, anything like that, anything that you think that I should know about. I really, my absolute favorite thing, and I should share these with you guys. Maybe I'll start doing that. Maybe at the end of, of the episodes, I'll start to share like a, this helped me. That's a great idea. You know what? Email me, Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. If you have been helped by the show, especially a specific episode, and you could tell just a little story and probably best to keep people's names out of the story because most likely it's you beating one of those blue belts from your gym or something like that. But also let me know if you're cool with me saying your first name on the air. Um, but anyway, uh, send me an email, josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Let me know how the show has helped you. I realized I was just about to say that that is my favorite email to get, but I don't actually ever ask for those emails um, because I don't define my goals and I haven't refocused. And I guess I didn't find any inspiration about that kind of stuff. And my mentor didn't help me. And that's going to bring me to part two, which is all about making excuses for yourself when you fail. Um, no, just joking. But if you guys uh, have been helped by the show at all, I'll start when I start to get those emails, I'll start to do that. Finish episodes with a um, a listener mail. And so then people can go, I'll, of course, have ChatGPT come up with a much better name than listener mail. Um, make it something jujitsu related. Anyway, gosh, this was a good episode. And then it just fell. Just fell flat. I'm sorry. I, I What are you going to do, I guess? Um, anyway... Back to, I guess I was just finishing the episode. I guess that's why I can't have any any finish here. Um, but yeah, we'll start listener mail soon. Find inspiration, all that stuff I usually talk about. Um, let's let's switch it over to Josh and uh, let him close this out. And that is the episode. Thank you guys for checking this one out. 
Uh, I'm sure you guys that are watching were wondering like, why did you go all rash guard and then switch to a different shirt? Well, because I wore that rash guard and then sweat in it while I was teaching the class that I told you guys I taught in between the commercial break. So yeah, had no choice. Had no choice but to switch to just the regular cotton long sleeve, not I suck at jujitsu show, not imposed will shirt that I have like a freaking, like a freaking peasant. <sighs> I gotta, I gotta up my game, man. I should wear rash guards everywhere. I wonder if anyone's ever thought of that. I wonder if one day I could get John Danaher on the show, if he would wear an I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show rash guard. I've seen his taste in rash guards. I could see him wearing one. Who knows, man? Um, but anyway, don't forget that the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show rash guard is available for the next like 10 days. Pre-sale is available for the next 10 days. Remember, this is a limited run. We are... Not really sure where we're going in the future with this. We know for sure that we've got these two Nogi sets for you, the purple and gold and the black and green. I've received so many compliments on them um, from people that I'm pretty sure don't listen to the show, but I've even had people tell me that they've bought already. They don't do jujitsu. And so that was super flattering for me. Uh, and I mean, it really should be flattering for um, Adam Meredith and his rash guard short designer, um, because I really just like picked which ones I liked and then picked a few colors. But man, they really designed something cool. Uh, and don't forget that is only 10 days in postwell.com link in the description. We were just taking pictures in a, me and old Bryce Allen, who got some great shout outs on the Roll Radio podcast that I was just on yesterday. Um, the episode is titled Josh McKinney. And yeah, you guys will like, if you guys are not Bryce Allen fans, you should listen to that Roll Radio episode. If you're like Bryce's mom, I wouldn't listen to that episode i said some things about your son and honestly about you um that i shouldn't have and i i deeply apologize for that anyway you guys should check that episode out terrific last thing impostwell.com no gi set gi set man i am never teaching a class in between or on the commercial break again i just there came a point when the energy level was just gone and uh yeah, I should have just hit the end button, but we're here now and I didn't. So um, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Hope you hope it'll help you overcome some plateaus that you've been dealing with. If it does, of course, you could send me an email, joshsimplifyingjujitsu.com and let me know about it. And I hope that you guys are getting your no-gi set. I've, I haven't said it enough, right? I hope you guys are getting your I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show no-gi set. The first actual piece of clothing with an I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show logo on it. And still, most importantly, I hope that today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at Jiu-Jitsu. Have a great day, guys.